Welcome to another episode of Spud Chat. My name is Ryan Barrett. I'm the Research and Agronomy Specialist at the PEI Potato Board. Today, it's a little bit of a different kind of episode of Spud Chat. It's been a busy week trying to get ready to do a few uh, AIM tours this week. And then uh, people getting ready for a big rain, which that big rain fell last night, which uh, last night was Thursday night. A lot of people got over 100 millimeters of rain uh, in 24 hours. Uh, I know out at my family's farm, uh, our weather station said about 135. I've seen upwards of 140 in some places. Uh, Eastern PEI sounds like maybe not quite as much. I've seen more numbers around the 40, 50 mark, so that's encouraging for them. Um, I'm hopeful uh, that uh, people will be able to manage uh, that much rain uh, and that we won't have uh, too much standing water for too much time, but um, definitely something for growers to keep an eye on in the next 24 to 48 hours, I guess. So today I wanted to just touch on, you know, what I've been seeing uh, in the crop so far, what I've been hearing from other crop scouts and other agronomists, maybe just a few things to think about as we get into the final home stretch of uh, getting this crop finished off, and then uh, looking ahead to a couple of tours that we are uh, rescheduling until uh, next Tuesday, and that hopefully uh, many of you will be able to join us for. So in my update that I sent out yesterday, we did talk a lot about uh, how the crop was looking. There has been some uh, chip stock and seed that's already been killed um, because it had you know, reached its optimum size profile already. There was some more that will need to be killed immediately. In many of the longer season processing varieties, there's still some bulking left to do for sure, but at least before before yesterday, uh, a lot of fields were very green, um, not showing too much signs of stress, and uh, and looking like they were um, building a nice set uh, and a nice uh, a nice crop underneath them. Um, so we'll have to see uh, what the fallout of our the rainfall yesterday will be in in many parts of the island. Uh, I know there's some places where. The ground was quite dry and uh, needed some rain and could soak up quite a bit of rain, um, but we'll just have to, uh, you know, see how that manifests itself in the crop. And, you know, the wind will also be a consideration. It was not uh, hurricane force winds in most parts of the island, but it is breezy out there this morning, and um, that may have an effect on some of the crop as well, especially fields that were maybe under a little bit more stress than others. I guess what when I... When I think about managing the crop going forward, um, one area that I'm thinking about is um, fungal pathogens, and particularly um, we've seen a bit of a spike in gray mold or uh, botrytis spores in the last uh, couple of weeks, and really spiked up quite a bit last week uh, from the spore trapping that's done by air spore. And so uh, just something to consider, I think, uh, for farms as they're just is they're keeping an eye on their fields and they're looking at the bottom canopy and they're looking for any signs of gray mold and they're uh, just trying to understand whether you know that's going to be a an issue that may bring your crop down faster um, than you'd like um, just something to keep an eye on um, perhaps if you are seeing some gray mold or that's something you're particularly worried about um, maybe schedule chlorothalonil in your protective fungicide program uh, in the next week or so. So Bravo or Echo, uh, one of those products, um, to uh, 
give a little bit of additional protection against Botrytis and maybe nip that in the bud a little bit. And then, of course, we are also keeping on top of whether there's any chance of late blight. I would say with uh, wetter weather, which is forecast even for the next week, it looks like a few wetter or humid days. We'll just have to keep on top of, uh, you know, managing for late blight, even though we've been very fortunate not to have any late blight spores around so far this season. But uh, we shouldn't become complacent either and just, uh, you know, take the cues from um, Mother Nature as to what we have to do to, to finish off this crop. Another disease that I think with wet weather, we maybe get a little bit more concerned about is potentially pink rot. Um, so again, if that's something that you think you're concerned about or you have varieties that are particularly susceptible or you have a field that maybe has struggled with pink rot in the past, again, that's something to consider. Um, one of the better tools we've seen for managing pink rot and, and preventing spread of pink rot in the last number of years has been the FOSS acid products. So uh, Confine or Fostrol or Rampart, some of those pro products that um, can be applied either foliarly in the field or can be applied as a post-harvest -har treatment to prevent spread in storage. So uh, just something to consider too, if you think that there's a, you know, a bit of a chance of pink rot uh, spread, um, particularly um, with some of these heavier rains in the last, you know, this week, that can wash those pink rot oocytes uh, down uh, into the tubers and through the soil profile and can spread infection. So uh, especially with enlarged lenticels, I imagine we're going to have a lot of potatoes with enlarged lenticels that are trying to breathe and trying to trying to keep uh, rolling um, in very moist soil conditions here in the next few days. So um, the, the potential for infection is higher, uh, particularly in some varieties. So just, again, something to consider, something to keep in mind as you're, you're making your plans here for management in the next couple of weeks as we, as I say, we get closer to the end of this growing season. The samples that I did dig last week uh, for some of the trials uh, that we've been working on ahead of some of the tours was generally very encouraging. Um, the shorter season varieties are the varieties that are starting to kind of yellow up a little bit now and starting to finish off. We were getting samples, you know, uh, 270 to 300 hundredweight on some of those varieties, and they're not, most of those were not dead yet. Um, and then uh, we had a number uh, of russets that are still very green, uh, like uh, russet Burbanks and Clearwaters that are over the 200 mark, and some that were upwards of almost 250. Um, so very encouraging, considering there may be up to, a, you know, a, another month of growing ahead of some of those uh, potatoes. Um, and then, you know, the most I had was somewhere around 300 hundredweight uh, on mountain gems, and those mountain gems still had a lot of growing left to do too. So um, there is some strong yield potential from tip to tip uh, in PEI, and uh, hopefully growers will be able to capitalize on that, and, and hopefully the weather conditions will be a little bit more amenable uh, the, the rest of the way. Hopefully we don't get any more big rains like we did this week. Um, have heard a little bit of uh, reports about hollow heart and growth cracks in some varieties, particularly maybe with some newer varieties that uh, are a little bit new to PEI. Um, so just, again, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, it's not something we can do much about. Uh, it'll just be, especially for those in the table market, that they're keeping an eye on that going through the grader and keeping that in mind for their 
variety selection going forward. Um, but, uh, you know, the last few years, we've generally had drought conditions or, or if not drought conditions, drier than average conditions, which has allowed some varieties to come to the fore for their drought tolerance or for their quality in dry conditions. This year with, uh, I would say, average to above average moisture, we see a different profile. We see, you know, how do varieties respond in better conditions and uh, how are they, do they perform the same as they did in, in years previously or do we uncover maybe issues that we didn't haven't seen or that's been masked the last few years by the dry weather and that could be how do they, how is, you know, and that could be things like gravity or maturity or uh, response to nitrogen or um, growth cracks or some of these other physiological conditions. Uh, pink eye uh, condition that I've, I've heard of a little bit in a few places up in Ontario, those sorts of things. So it's every, potato growers don't need me to tell them we it's a different bag every year. It's a different uh, it's a different set of circumstances every year. And it's just managing what you're given in a lot of cases to the best of your ability. And especially with a lot of the newer varieties that, are, you know, all growers are dealing with. Um, the last number of years, how do those, you know, react under different conditions and how do you manage accordingly? So, um, so uh, hopefully a good learning experience um, for a lot of people, as well as hopefully the conditions were, were right for strong quality crops this year uh, with good yields as well. So another thing to think about as we head into September, um, we have a lot of growers that will be starting to think about late summer and fall tillage in the uh, year before potatoes. Um, I have seen a number of fields that have been worked already, mostly with vertical tillage equipment, leaving quite a bit of uh, residue on the top of the soil, which is great for preventing soil erosion. It's also a great opportunity this time of year uh, to get cover crops uh, established on those fall tilled fields. And I know quite a few growers are doing that. Um, so whether that's just a simple cereal crop like barley or oats, or whether that's something like mustard or radish, um, or even something like winter peas uh, or so something like that, or some sort of a mix. Um, there are quite a few growers that are um, applying those fall covers uh, to keep the ground covered and, uh, and to you know, build health and activity in that soil uh, for as long as possible this fall ahead of uh, planting a potato crop next year. So, of course, we are doing some trial work on that uh, with uh, as part of the Living Labs initiative through the Potato Board. And uh, last year was our first year of potato results, and we have uh, more trials uh, to dig this fall and more fields set up for next year. So um, we should have lots more data to share with you over the winter on that in terms of you know some of these different cover crops, how they work, optimum time for establishment, uh, which crops work better than others, that sort of thing. So um, hopefully we'll have a bit more to share with you on that in the coming months. But uh, definitely a good opportunity, hopefully, um, after things dry out a little bit this week and this weekend um, to uh, get those fields prepared earlier rather than later to get a really good cover crop to establish and go into the winter with all as many acres covered as possible. And I know uh, the numbers of acres that we've seen covered in PEI has grown dramatically in the last few years, and uh, hopefully this year will be no exception to that. So looking forward to next week, 
we had to reschedule a couple of our AIM tours to Tuesday, September the 7th. So we are having our central tour in the morning and our uh, western tour in the afternoon. So uh, in the morning, uh, we're going to be uh, visiting a few fields. We're looking at some trials that include uh, nitrogen management, cover, cover crops, like fall seeded cover crops versus no cover crop and its effect on the potato crop. We're going to be looking at differential rotation crops, so mustard and Sudan grass and ryegrass and those sorts of things and how they've affected the crop. And we're also going to be looking at uh, compaction detection as well as mitigation, so subsoiling and its effect on the crop. So we're going to be looking at a few of those different things over a few different fields in East Prince and we'd invite you to come out. Uh, the details are on uh, com for any growers or industry folks that would like to like to attend, or feel free to contact me, Ryan at peipotato.org. In the afternoon, we're headed up to West Prince, and we're gonna start up in the Alma area, looking at a, a trial that's now in its third year, uh, looking at um, the effect of different legume crops on early dying, uh, on verticillium and nematodes. So uh, that's our first stop, and then we're headed down towards Springfield West and we've got a few different trials to talk about down there, including a biofumigant mustard trial, physiological age trial on seed, and uh, also talking a bit about variable rate seeding, um, a project that we're doing with UPEI. So um, there's lots to see and hear. Hopefully the weather will cooperate and we'll have a good turnout uh, next Tuesday. We did have a good turnout for our first tour, uh, which was this week on Wednesday in uh, Kings County, and uh, we uh, went to a few different farms. Again, we talked, we visited our Fizz Age trial, uh, looking at winter warming and, and, and refrigeration of different varieties of seed. We uh, went to uh, Rolla Bay area and talked a little bit about uh, nitrogen management and uh, the effect of uh, higher and lower rates of nitrogen than the grower standard practice also based on um, biologically available nitrogen, which is a test available from the, um, the soil health test from the PEI soil analytical lab. Um, and then we went down and visited a couple of our AIM trials. So we had a trial looking at quash fungicide. Uh, we have a trial looking at biofumigant mustard. Uh, and we also talked a bit about variable rate seeding with Evan McDonald, who's a PhD candidate with... Uh, UPEI and uh, Dr. Adizaz Farouk and his team with the Sustainable Design Engineering uh, team at UPEI. So, so lots of good work uh, on the go uh, in, our, in our stable of AIM projects, as well as some projects that are being done by some of our other industry partners and, and our uh, partners with the Department of Agriculture and that sort of thing. So um, definitely uh, excited to try and share some of that with you. Again, if, if anybody ever has any questions about any of our trials, uh, please feel free to check out the website, uh, peipotatoagronomy.com. And uh, there's lots of information on our different trials and different uh, projects on there. And then we will be looking ahead this winter at where do we go from here? What are some of the other projects that growers are interested in? What are some of the other topics that um, growers would like to hear speakers on um, and, and have covered a little bit more in AIM? Because we're always looking at, you know, what is the next step? What are growers interested in? AIM is a grower-led initiative. So we want to make sure that we are uh, responding to 
the needs and interests of all growers. So we'll uh, look forward to engaging with uh, farmers this winter and uh, talking a little bit a bit more of that after we get the crop in. So, so that's it for this week's episode of Spud Chat. I know it's just uh, uh, a bit of a chat with myself. Um, I hope to see many of you next week on Tuesday at our tours in uh, East Prince and West Prince. I hope that uh, the weekend is a little drier and allows the fields to dry out, that the, that these bulking crops can use some of that moisture that we got to uh, finish off well. And uh, I wish you all the best as we get into a uh, an ever-approaching uh, harvest season. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon on Spud Chat. Hi again. After I recorded the uh, first bit of Spud Chat, I was able to get out and about and check on some fields and uh, see how things look around the countryside after that big rain. And uh, I guess I'm happy to report so far that uh, I don't see a whole lot of water lying in the rows. I see a lot of fields that drained fairly well, and I don't see a whole lot of standing water. And where I do see standing water, it's uh, places where growers have already not planted that part of the field or or marked off that part of the field. So hopefully that's a good sign. Um, and uh, actually seeing grain crops still standing and uh, corn still looking fine. Um, did see some tall sorghum sudan grass and sunflowers that didn't make it through the wind, but most of that's uh, not going to be a massive problem for most people. So anyway, um, just a little addition there. Uh, it's surprising that some people would get five and six inches of rain. And um, so far, things look, I guess we'll see how the crop responds later this weekend into the first of next week. But so far, I'm pleasantly surprised with how the fields have responded after the rain. Once again, have a great weekend, have a great week uh, ahead, and uh, here's to a great harvest season for everybody that's gearing up for that uh, in the immediate future. 